You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, welcome in. Thank you so much for listening. This is Theology for the Rest of Us, and this is episode 114. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the beautiful Sunshine State. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out to listen to today's episode of the podcast. I know I say that a lot, uh, but I really, really mean it. I am incredibly grateful uh, for all of our listeners. Thank you uh, so much. A huge favor before we dive into the content of today's episode, if you have been a regular listener for any length of time, can you please do me a huge, huge favor? Uh, Head over to whatever podcast app or podcast directory you are familiar with and please leave a review. You can do that on uh, just about any of the platforms, but but especially if you are an Apple user, if you can head over to the iTunes store or the podcast app on your iPhone or iPad and please leave a five-star rating, tell the world you love the podcast, leave a great review. Those are a big, big help in terms of pushing us up the search rankings in the iTunes directory, and that is certainly the directory where most people are finding podcasts. So if you could leave a great review, that would be a big, big help. Thank you in advance. All right, let's dive into the question at hand. Uh, The question is, uh, should women wear jeans or pants? Or is it okay uh, for women to wear pants? This actually is a question that came to me uh, by email from one of our regular listeners. And so glad to uh, answer this. Love, love, love answering questions from our our regular listeners. I know that when I bring this topic up, there are definitely going to be a lot of people that say, what? Huh? Question mark? I mean, I know there's going to be a crew of people that that think that this is a, almost an absurd question. And I, and I know this because I've, I've had a conversation with a few friends about this over the last few weeks. Uh, I've brought it up to a few people that I know. And, and typically the response is, uh, there are people that still think it's bad for women to wear pants? Uh, and the answer to that is yes, there are some churches and still some uh, Christian circles where where it is frowned upon for women to uh, wear any sort of pants or, or a pair of jeans or anything like that. So if you are someone in one of those circles, you may not realize that, there's, that most Christians in North America are surprised by this question. And so... I don't say that to make you feel bad or, or to make you feel like you're backwards or you're in this kind of uh, you know uh, old-fashioned circle of Christianity. I, I don't mean it like that. I'm just I just want to kind of get all the cards on the table. Uh, there are definitely some Christian circles that still believe this, and there are but but for the most part, most uh, Christians are are surprised to even hear that this is even an issue in in other parts of the country or within other Christian circles and other churches. And certainly the, the number of churches that will espouse this or will assert that women should not wear pants or jeans is a very small number. It is certainly a minority within Christianity as a whole. Uh, however, it is important to note that in most cases, whenever the church leadership uh, asserts this or says that women should not wear pants or not wear jeans, it typically comes from good motivation. It typically is rooted 
in the desire for women to be modest. The church has this desire for modesty and to honor Christ in the way we dress and the way we adorn ourselves. And, and overall, I think that's a good thing. Like The Bible makes it very clear that we ought to seek modesty. And the Apostle Paul specifically does you know, speak to women and tells them in the New Testament uh, to make sure that they are seeking to be modest with their clothing. Um, he specifically makes you know, sure that it's, that they understand it's important that they spend more time, you know, seeking to transform their heart and their character to be more like Jesus than, than adorning their outward, you know, appearance. Paul is not saying it's wrong to adorn your outward appearance. Paul is not saying it's sinful to want to look physically beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But I think the heart of what Paul is saying is make sure you spend more time on your character and your heart and your relationship with God than you do on your outward appearance, right? If you spend more time trying to look good than you do trying to build your character, then there's clearly a problem there, right? And I think that is what Paul is trying to get at, you know, when he's charging women to be modest. So there is no doubt that the desire for us to be modest and the charge to women to be cautious with how they dress and how they adorn themselves it is a is a warning that the apostle Paul gives us that we all need to listen to and, and I would encourage all of my sisters in Christ to really take that to heart and make sure that you are seeking to be modest however here's the problem modesty varies I'll give you a few examples in Africa there are tribes in Central Africa where the women are completely topless or pretty much topless um, that's considered completely modest in that part of the world. But if a woman walked into Starbucks today here in the United States where I live, um, most people would look and think that's very inappropriate or n not appropriate within the context of our culture, right? Let me give you another example. When we consider what women wear in the nation of India compared to what women typically wear in the United States, it's drastically different, right? Uh, typically, if you're a married woman in India, you wear an outfit called uh, a sari. And the sari basically is this large wraparound dress. And in many cases, they're very beautiful. Um, the single women there, if you're unmarried, you wear an outfit called a Punjabi, which is kind of um, this very loose-fitting pair of pants. And it's kind of this this kind of overall very loose-fitting, you know, piece of very large T-shirt um, with a wrap around your chest to, to, to hide the shape and size of your chest. And I apologize if this sounds graphic. I don't mean it to be. I'm just trying to highlight the differences in cultures. Um, here in the United States, there are many women that would wear, let's say, T-shirts. And the T-shirt could be uh, very loose-fitting. It could cover, you know, her midriff. Um, it, it, she could wear a T-shirt that we would consider very modest and totally appropriate, but yet we would still be able to ascertain uh, the general shape and size of her chest. Again, I apologize if this sounds inappropriate. I'm, again, I'm just trying to highlight the difference. Um, here, it's plausible for a woman to wear something we would consider modest and appropriate, but you would still know, you'd be able to guess the size of her chest. In India, you would never, a woman would never wear anything where people could see the size of your chest. If, if someone could ascertain or guess the size of your chest, then what you're wearing is not is not conservative enough, right? Very, very different. What what people in India consider modesty and what we consider modesty is very, very different. So that has to come into play. That has to be considered whenever you're prescribing to people what they should or should not wear. And, and even within cultures, there's obviously drastic differences. Like just for, for instance, um, in the nation of India, married women wear sadis. Well, the sadi typically exposes your midriff, your, your stomach area. 
Um, so you know, from the you know from the top of your stomach all the way down to your your pelvis, it's typically exposed when you're wearing a sari. Well, that's considered perfectly appropriate for a married woman to wear. But in India, it is absolutely inappropriate for a single woman to expose her her stomach in any way. So the Punjabi covers your entire body. Well, in, in although India in general is more conservative. There are many places in the United States where we would say a woman should not be wearing an outfit that cover, you know, exposes her entire stomach, right? Again, so even within cultures, there's disagreement as to what is modesty and what's not. So that therefore prescribing one precise thing sometimes doesn't take into consideration the differences of what modesty is or is not or how it's defined from place to place. Those of us who are Bible-believing Christians should want to honor God and be modest in the way we dress and the way we adorn ourselves. There's no doubt. Uh, but again, how we do that and how that shakes out uh, may vary from place to place or from culture to culture. And so that's important to remember and consider. And let me give you four things to kind of help guide you as you determine what is modest. Um, number one, the goal should be to be different from the society in which you live. So whatever the society is doing, we as Christians should seek to be different in some way or another. Even if it's slight, people should look at us and know, hey, the way you dress, it's a little bit different. Uh, number two, we ought to seek to be more modest or more conservative. So whatever the culture says is modest, we ought to seek to be a little bit more conservative than that, or in some cases, a lot more conservative, right? Um, and it's, again, it's going to vary ever so slightly, but we as believers, should be, we should be different from unbelievers, and we should be more conservative in the way we dress, all right? That's very important. Uh, number three, and this is very important for women, and this seems unfair to a lot of women, but it's important to understand that you must be cautious that you don't dress in a way that potentially could cause men to lust after you. Now, we know that men are going to lust after you no matter what you wear. I, I recognize that. In a lot of cases, men are sinful and depraved. Um, but it's important for women to consider this. And th this seems unfair in a lot of women's eyes. It's like this is an unfair burden on us. It's not on men in a lot of cases. Um, but it just kind of has, it's, it's kind of goes with the nature of the female physique and the nature of men being visual creatures or much more visual than women are, um, that, that you as a woman should consider if you are a follower of Christ, that I'm going to dress in a way that makes it less likely for a man to lust after me. And then and I want to make it easier for him to not sin. Now, are there going to be some men that lust after you no matter what you wear? Yes. Are there going to be some men that look at you and, and are inappropriate in their fault life no matter what you do? Absolutely. That is going to be the case. You can't stop that. However, there's no doubt that there are certain outfits you can wear that'll make it more likely for men to want to look at you. And there are some outfits you can wear that maybe it would make it a little easier for men to not lust if they don't want to lust, right? And so that that is may seem unfair, but I believe it's a I believe it's a a, a uh, a standard that the Apostle Paul gives for women to help men, okay? So those are the first three. Again, number one, be different than your culture. Uh, number two, be more conservative than your culture, whatever whatever your, your culture is. Try to be more conservative in the way you dress. Number three, women, be cautious that you don't, you know, wear something that's going to make it easier for men to, to lust after you. 
And then number four, and this no doubt goes for both genders, and I alluded to this earlier, but number four, when you dress, make sure that you that your heart is in the right place. Are you purposely wearing clothing that's going to get the attention of the opposite gender, or are you seeking some sort of approval? Are you spending more time making yourself look good than you are spending time with God, getting your character in line, and allowing the Holy Spirit to sanctify you? Are, are you spending, spending more time cultivating your physical attractiveness and your physical beauty, or are you spending more time cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to transform you to look more like Jesus? If, if that is not in line, if your priorities are off there, then I would challenge you to really begin to seek to live your life differently. Again, in my opinion, the the bigger picture is more important. The goal isn't to get you to wear specific clothing or not get you to wear other specific pieces of clothing. My goal is to get you to seek to be modest, to honor Christ, and to and to live differently so that the gospel shines through you. The problem, what happens in some of our modern churches, and this is obviously not a modern problem. Many churches have been this way for many years. Uh, but what we see in some of our modern culture is we become more loyal to a specific rule and we end up missing the bigger picture, right? We tell girls, well, don't wear pants, don't wear jeans because that's not modest. Only wear dresses or only wear skirts. But the reality is there are lots of dresses and lots of skirts that the way they're cut or the way they fit on your body maybe make it more likely for a man to lust after you, right? So it's plausible in some cases that a pair of pants or a pair of jeans would actually be more modest than a particular dress, right? And the reality is in our modern North American culture, pants or jeans is not considered a modest and it doesn't make a man more likely to lust after you. It doesn't make you look, uh, you know, uh, inappropriate. It, it doesn't, right? Again, depending on what jeans you wear, right? if you're buying a particular pair of jeans that are cut a certain way to bring attention to a particular part of your body or they have some design on them that purposely draws people's eyes to a particular part of your body, that then maybe the jeans could be immodest and inappropriate, but in and of themselves, they're not. And so I think when a church says you shouldn't wear pants, with all due respect, I think they're missing the bigger picture. I think it's easy to say don't wear pants or don't wear jeans. I have a I have a charge that I think is higher, that I think is in line with what the Bible gives. The Bible doesn't say don't wear pants. The Bible says be modest, be different, stand out, right? Uh, be pure, honor Christ. Like That's a much harder, much loftier charge and much loftier expectation than simply don't wear pants, right? Uh, ladies, in my opinion, wearing pants is perfectly fine. I am more concerned with your heart, and I'm more concerned whether or not you are seeking to honor Christ. And men, you're not off the hook, all right? This goes for you as well. Are you seeking to be modest? And are you honoring modesty, right? Do you make it clear to the women in your life that you appreciate and respect their choices of modesty? And are you seeking to honor Christ in your heart day in and day out the way you approach your own physical attractiveness or your clothing or the way you hit the gym or whatever? Like, are you spending more time making yourself look good than you are cultivating a relationship with Jesus so that your heart can be in line. You see, those types of thoughts are way more important to me than whether or not you wear pants or you wear a pair of jeans. The question is not, should I wear this or should I not wear this? The question is, will that thing honor Christ? That's the bigger question. That's the bigger picture. And oftentimes when, when churches get their eyes off the bigger picture, they become more loyal to a specific rule or regulation. They become more concerned with do this or don't do that. 
and they get their eyes off the bigger picture. See, I'm more concerned with whether or not your heart is engaged in the conversation and the thought process. I care a lot less about what you actually wear or not wear because if your heart is engaged, I believe the Holy Spirit will guide you to making the right choices when it comes time to decide you know, what pants you should or shouldn't wear or what outfit you should or should not wear. The heart question is much more important. And whenever churches or Christians get their eyes off the bigger picture and they get their eyes on a small rule or regulation or a list of do's and don'ts, they begin to fall into the category or the bucket of what we call legalism. Legalism is anything you do or you feel that you are required to do in order to make yourself a better Christian or anything you, re- you feel like you're required to do or you have to do in order to, you know, to, to gain more approval with God or to be more spiritual. The reality is there's nothing that we can do to get God to like us more or love us more, nothing we can do to earn or, or, uh, or disqualify ourselves from the approval or love of God. That is based solely on the work of Christ. Before I let you go, I want to make one quick recommendation. If you've not listened to my episode on legalism, I want to highly encourage you to go back and listen to episode 27. I really unpacked what is legalism and why is it so devastating to our lives. Uh, whenever we are uh, answering questions like this one, I think it's also important to dive into the topic of legalism. So if you haven't listened to that, go back, che- check out episode 27. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I am so incredibly thankful and grateful for all of our listeners. And please, if you get a chance, head over and leave a review. Tell the world you love the podcast. That's a big, big help to us. Hey, if you have any questions about this episode or maybe any other episodes that I've I've published so far, feel free to shoot me an email. Or maybe you have a question or a topic you'd like me to address on the podcast, you can also feel free to shoot me an email. The best email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. <laughs> <laughs>